Welcome to the Hopkins Press Podcast. I'm Mary Alice Yeske with the Hopkins Press Journals Division. Our guest this week is Anne-Marie Gagné-Julien. Anne-Marie is a postdoctoral fellow at the Biomedical Ethics Unit at McGill University and is also affiliated with the École Normale Supérieure in Paris, working on philosophy of psychiatry and medicine, social epistemology and epistemic justice. She holds a PhD in philosophy of science and psychiatry at the University of Quebec in Montreal. Dr. Gagné-Julien was recently named the 2021 winner of the Carl Jaspers Award, given by the Association for the Advancement of Philosophy and Psychiatry. Her winning paper is titled, Dysfunction and the Definition of Mental Disorder in the DSM. Thank you so much for joining us today, Anne-Marie. I'm so excited to talk to you today. Yeah, thanks for having me. The first question I like to ask all of our guests uh, is, can you tell us a bit about your academic origin story? How did you come to study biomedical ethics? Yeah, so um, in fact, I became interested in biomedical ethics uh, because of the results of my uh, doctoral uh, research. So that uh, I did a PhD in philosophy of psychiatry, and my uh, doctoral dissertation focuses on the concept of mental disorder uh, in the DSM and the classical debates in philosophy of psychiatry and medicine that have uh, targeted this uh, specific concept. And I was first interested um, in classical philosophy of science, but I discovered uh, feminist philosophy of science and feminist epistemology and what is called today uh, the values uh, in science approach. And uh, this led me to become interested more and more uh, in values that could be considered uh, legitimate in psychiatry, but also the values that could be uh, considered uh, illegitimate in the field of psychiatry. So we could uh, say that um, uh, some values such as epistemic values like truth, coherence, explanatory power uh, of theories would be legitimate values in psychiatry. But we can think also um, of uh, other types of values such as uh, social cultural values like uh, justice, well-being, care, um, but also wrongful values such as uh, racism, sexism, ableism. And so I became interested in uh, assessing uh, the place and roles of uh, those types of values in um, psychiatry. And uh, in my dissertation, I was primarily interested in the issue of the place and role of uh, social and cultural values in the philosophical debate over the definition of the concept of mental disorder. Mm -hmm. And ultimately, I adopted what is called a normativist or constructivist position, which defends that the meaning of the concept of mental disorder is influenced by uh, social and cultural values. And I think one of the implications of this position uh, is that it forces us to think about uh, which values are uh, legitimate in psychiatry and which are not. And so this kind of work uh, uh, brings us into the realm of uh, bioethics and moral and political uh, philosophy. Very heavy stuff, but very, very important work too. Um, thank you so much. Your paper, which is titled Dysfunction and the Definition of Mental Disorder in the DSM, was named the 2021 Carl Jasper Award winner by the journal Philosophy, Psychiatry, and Psychology. So first of all, congratulations. Um, my question is, did somebody suggest that you apply for the award or did you submit on your own behalf? Uh, yeah, well, actually, my uh, uh, co-supervisor, uh, Luc Fauché, told me about this award, but 
years ago. And at that time, I didn't apply because um, I didn't feel my work was finished or was good enough. But um, since last year was my last year of doctoral studies, I felt it was my last chance to apply. So, well, I made the decision a little bit last minute to apply. And, well, I, I'm very glad I did. So, yeah. Excellent. Excellent. We're glad you did, too. Your paper discusses different theories of defining the scope of, quote, mental disorder with a goal of providing a framework for that definition that is both, as you put it, quote, value-laden and sufficiently objective. For our listeners who are not experts in the field of psychology, could you explain what those two approaches are and why they have been at odds with each other in defining mental disorders? Yeah, so um, uh, as I said, one of the issues uh, in uh, contemporary uh, debates uh, uh, about the definition of mental disorder in the DSM is the place and the role um, that social and cultural values uh, play in the definition. So this is an issue that goes back to the 60s and 70s uh, when psychiatry was uh, the subject of heated debate. And at that time, psychiatry was under uh, attack from all sides, but one of the uh, most important criticism was to show the problems uh, of one of its central concepts, mental uh, disorder. Mm. And so numerous critiques uh, challenged uh, psychiatry as a legitimate scientific discipline, Mm. uh, just as medicine would be. And one of the arguments was that the concept of mental disorder was was not based on anything scientific or or empirical, Mm -hmm. and it was therefore only a tool of uh, social control Mm -hmm. uh, to regulate what would be called social uh, deviance. Mm -hmm. And so since uh, this crisis that psychiatry encountered in the 60s and 70s, there has always been a desire on the part of psychiatry to demonstrate that its concept of mental disorder was not just a tool of social control, but rather uh, that the concept was objective and scientific. And so um, the legitimacy that psychiatry was uh, and uh, and still is granted seem to rest uh, at least in part on the fact that uh, it medicalizes and it treats conditions or experiences that are really uh, diseases or really disorders mm-hmm. uh, in the same way that medicine would treat uh, cancer or AIDS, for, inst- mm-hmm. uh, for example. Mm-hmm. And so psychiatry had to, to treat real mental illnesses, uh, objective mental illnesses to be part of medicine and to be part of uh, science. And so in the face of uh, these tensions, uh, psychiatry has offered uh, an official and formal definition uh, in the DSM that states that uh, mental disorder must not be the result of a disagreement between uh, individual and society, but rather uh, a condition that causes suffering or disability or that has an impact on functioning. And it must be the result of an internal underlying dysfunction. Hmm. And so this definition has remained uh, more or less uh, the same through the years, including in DSM-5, in the recent uh, edition of the DSM. But this definition was an attempt by psychiatry to counter the previous uh, accusation uh, regarding its uh, non-scientific status. So one of the problem uh, is that the DSM, even if it states what the um, uh, mental disorder is. Uh, so the problem is that the DSM does not say what a dysfunction is. It simply postulates or claims that the mental disorder should be 
explicable by the presence of a dysfunction, be it psychological, neurobiological, um, etc. And here, the, the dysfunction in the definition, definition represents what would be scientific or objective in the definition of mental disorder. Um, but the, uh, but we, we do not know what it means, uh, what the, the concept dysfunction means. So that's a problem for the DSM uh, definition. But this notion has interested philosopher of medicine and psychiatry, and there have been uh, several approaches that I've tried to defend that the concept of mental disorder could be defined in an objective and scientific way uh, by involving the notion of um, dysfunction. Yeah, so some approaches have tried to define uh, the concept of mental disorder in a scientific and objective way by showing that the notion of dysfunction was scientific and objective. Uh, so these approaches in the philosophy of psychiatry are called uh, naturalistic or objectivist um, approaches. And so I will not go into all the details of this uh, debate, which is a complex one about the notion of dysfunction. Uh, and the debate has been going on for 40 years now. So uh, let me just say that uh, um, these approaches are judged uh, by many to be unsatisfactory for thinking about the concept of mental disorder, uh, mm -hmm. because in fact, uh, because um, either in fact the concept of dysfunction remains influenced uh, by values, um, which the the approach was trying to avoid, or because the theory of dysfunction that it entails seem too abstract or not uh, applicable uh, to psychiatry in practice. So that means we cannot use this theory um, to determine, uh, for instance, whether or not major depression is a mental disorder. So, so there was a problem with the applicability of the theory. Mm -hmm. So to make it very short, um, the objectivist approach so far fails um, to define the concept of mental disorder with the notion of dysfunction. But now the notion of dysfunction in the DSM uh, is what represents the scientific or objective element of the definition. So there's a problem with the definition as it stands, since the notion of dysfunction does not do, uh, does not do the job uh, it was intended to do, that is to ensure uh, the scientific character of the concept of mental disorder. So we have a definition, but the notion of dysfunction is not satisfying. So what do we do? Mm -hmm. um, there's another approach in the literature called uh, constructivist or normativist. Uh, and this approach uh, assumes that the concept of mental disorder is a concept whose meaning is a matter of human values. Uh, and that the fact that it's influenced by values is not a problem. Mm -hmm. uh, so it's an approach that does not refer to the notion of dysfunction in itself, and that insists on the prejudicial nature of the experience of uh, mental illness. So the suffering uh, it might entails, uh, it might entail, and the potential of psychiatry to alleviate uh, this distress. So, for instance, Rachel Cooper is a is a, one of the best known advocates of this approach. Um, so this approach has various advantages and disadvantages, but one disadvantage that I'm interested in um, is that it does not address the original problem of psychiatry. So that is to ground or to explain the scientific status of psychiatry, despite the fact that one of its central concepts is influenced uh, by values. So in other words, um, it's perfectly possible that the concept of mental disorder reflects human values and that it's not discovered 
in nature. So we cannot look at nature or look at empirical fact and say that major depression is a disorder. So it's the projection of our values about what we value or disvalue um, for behavior um, or traits. Um, and to put it clearly, I, I, I think that the concept of mental disorder uh, reflects our values. Okay, but I think it's a forgotten task of the normativist uh, approach um, that has not tried to demonstrate that the influence of values is not a problem for psychiatry. Uh, so this is what was questioned in the first place. So because um, the concept of mental disorder was a reflection of social norms, uh, psychiatry could be said to be an instrument of social control and not a science. So that was the basic problem at the beginning of this debate. And so I think the normativist position does not address this issue, and in that sense, it's not a, a satisfactory position um, at this at this point. Um, and so, my my objective in this paper was to demonstrate that it's possible to think that the concept of mental disorder and the notion of dysfunction um, are indeed a reflection of our social and cultural norms, but that in spite of this influence of social and cultural values, psychiatry can still claim. Uh, to be a science uh, with certain uh, modifications to its current uh, practices. So recognizing the influence of social and cultural values in science uh, does not mean that this science ceases to be objective. So that's the main claim I'm trying to, to make in the paper. And so the notion of dysfunction uh, could reflect social and cultural values and therefore uh, be value laden, but also uh, it could be uh, objective. So that it's not a dichotomy, but that it can go, it can go sorry, uh, uh, together. Mm -hmm. And so just to be clear, I don't think uh, that these concepts in the DSM and in North American psychiatry are objective right now, but I think there's a possibility for, for these concepts to be both value laden um, and objective if the procedures through which uh, psychiatry defines its concept uh, be amended. Mm. So it, the, really, it's it's the the crux of it, and the crux of your argument is that it's there's been this decades long debate, and you're saying it's both, and and here's how the sort of the path forward for that, which is, I mean, that's you know, that's really outside of the box thinking, and that's that's really I one of the things I think that um, I think a lot of people are are I don't know maybe I'm speaking too broadly, but I think. One of the things that's most exciting about research is research that takes a step back and says, you know, everyone's trying to put things in box A or box B, but maybe there there is no box and it's somewhere in the middle. Yeah, well, that was, that, that was the motivation of this paper and ultimately of my PhD was to overcome this traditional dichotomy. Mm -hmm. And uh, I wanted to do that because I felt that both approaches that are in opposition had very good point. Right, <laughs> so it was yeah. Very, you know, to think about how we could accommodate those very good intuitions in both approaches. And I've, I've tried to, <laughs> to do this. I'm not sure if I have succeeded, but at least I, I think you have, considering. <laughs> <laughs> the guidelines for the award state that the winning research must demonstrate potential relevance to psychiatric theory, research, or clinical practice. Can you tell us a bit what practical or theoretical relevance your research can provide practitioners or scholars? Yeah, well, it's not always easy to, to grasp uh, what makes a work uh, theoretically or practically relevant, but um, 
what I can say is that the, the issue of the definition of mental disorder uh, in the DSM is a complex and long-standing one, and that um, the complexity of, of the issue is recognized uh, both uh, by uh, critics of the DSM, but also by, by the designers of the DSM. So I think like, this is acknowledged that the issue of mental uh, of the definition of mental disorder is an important uh, and a pressing one. And so what I'm trying to do uh, is to offer a, a theoretical solution to a longstanding debate that has troubled um, psychiatry. So the debate over the definition of mental disorder and its uh, scientific status. So in a way, I'm trying to provide a solution so that psychiatry can have a concept of mental disorder that is both influenced, uh, influenced by uh, values and also uh, scientifically objective. And so I think at the moment, psychiatry only has um, a concept of mental disorder that is influenced by values, uh, but I don't think it has a concept of mental disorder that is objective. So I'm trying to provide a solution for, for psychiatry to have both. Um, so that would be like a, a theoretical uh, implication of my research. But um, I think that if we take the claim uh, I'm arguing in the paper seriously, uh, there will also be practical implications. Um, so in the paper, I, I present an argument for a more inclusive uh, decision-making process about the definition of mental disorder in the DSM. So I are, I'm arguing that um, a dialogue should take place involving several stakeholders, uh, mainly those uh, directly affected by the definition of mental disorder. So obviously psychiatrists, but also uh, patients, users, uh, or what we call survivors, ex-patients. So I'm arguing for, for a more inclusive dialogue uh, um, about the definition of mental disorder. And if this dialogue would be implemented, well, it will really change the way uh, decisions are, are made uh, when the DSM is revised. So in this sense, I'm also advocating uh, for a change in the structures and processes of the DSM uh, uh, revisions. Uh, so I guess this is also a potential uh, practical implication if it would be implemented. Mm -hmm. No, I, I totally agree. And it's also, you know, I'm just thinking about the DSM in general and how I don't think a lot of folks that would be necessarily as, as familiar with it understand the the healthcare and legal sort of trickle down implications of things when things change, you know, you know, the example everyone always gives is that homosexuality used to be listed in the DSM as a disorder. And then through research and, and understanding and science and all of the work similar to what you're doing, that definition changed and that, that that's those social changes really can be reflected in, in the DSM definition. So it's not just a dusty old book somewhere that doesn't actually have implication on, on people's real lives. So that's just, that's really exciting. And I'm really, I'm really impressed with your work. Thank you. My last question is now that your dissertation is done and your award is won, what is next for you? What are you researching now? Are there any um, books or papers coming up for you that you'd like to tell us about? Yes. Yeah, so I'm, I'm currently a, a postdoctoral fellow at the biomedical ethics unit uh, at McGill uh, university, but also um, at the, uh, ENS uh, uh, in Paris. And so my postdoctoral uh, research project aims to explore um, the literature about uh, democratization in science that we see in other fields of science and how these, uh, how this work could be applied to the particular context of North American psychiatry mm -hmm. and the DSM revision process. So I guess 
a way to frame it would be that I'm, I would like to argue for a democratic uh, or, or a democratic framework for North American um, psychiatry. And so um, uh, in my dissertation, uh, I was interested more specifically in the definition of the concept of mental disorder, but in my postdoctoral project, I'm also attempting to expand uh, these reflections um, on um, many aspects of the DSM revision process and not only uh, the concept of um, mental disorder. So that's my, my main project, which is my uh, postdoctoral project. Mm -hmm. um, but as I said at the beginning of the interview, I'm also exploring uh, the ethical and political implications of the influence of values on uh, concepts in biomedical psychiatry. And I'm trying to think about how to import more uh, common tools in ethical and political philosophy to um, some issues that have been generally addressed by a traditional philosophy of science uh, approach. And um, one area of ethics uh, that, uh, that particularly uh, interests me is what is called um, epistemic injustices. So that's um, uh, injustices that concern the project, uh, production, the acquisition, and the transmission of knowledge. So how can we think ethically about knowledge and not only like uh, empirically um, about knowledge? Um, so in, in this vein, I have published a, a paper on the issue of uh, ass assessing cases of over-medicalization. Mm -hmm. um, so, so, so what it means is that um, uh, we can ask the question of uh, when and how we can say that medicalization of a condition or of an experience is a case of over-medicalization. So it's an Ill um, uh, illegitimate case of uh, medicalization. So how can we determine that we have uh, a wrongful case of medicalization. Um, and so I, I'm arguing in this paper that the framework of epistemic injustice, so uh, injustice related to knowledge, um, can help expand previous accounts uh, that I've tried to distinguish uh, between medicalization, the main process of uh, understanding some condition in medical terms, and wrongful medicalization, so non-legitimate uh, application of the biomedical model to some conditions. Um, and in this paper, I use a particular case of uh, uh, the highly contested uh, case of a premenstrual dysphoric uh, disorder in mm. DSM-5. Um, and I'm trying to show how it could be useful um, to use the framework of epistemic injustice uh, to understand this case in particular, but also how epistemic injustices, this framework can shed light on the importance of consultation of medicalized people when deciding whether or not to uh, medicalize a, uh, a condition. Um, so that's a, another project I have. Um, and I guess the, the last one uh, is related, but uh, I'm, I'm more and more interested in the issue of activism. Um, within and outside uh, of psychiatry. So the fact that uh, individuals or group uh, with explicit political positions participate in the production of psychiatric knowledge or participate in the creation of alternative resources uh, to psychiatry. Uh, so I'm currently working on a, a paper about the, the epistemic injustices that specifically affect the MAD community and the uh, emerging field of MAD studies. And I'm also working on another paper um, about the, the legitimate place of activism in North American uh, psychiatry. Hmm. 
yeah, so that, that's a, a lot of work in progress. That all sounds so interesting. And it's also, I, I don't know, it's, it's, and I'm not trying to be, um, prejudicial against any specific area of study, but all of this work is just sort of um, so immediately relevant and so immediately applicable. And, and, and so it's kind of, it's really shaking up kind of my perception when you, if you said philosophy and psychiatry, I'd be like, oh, okay, well, you're studying a lot of things from the past or, you know, I don't know, it's sort of theoretical things, but this is just also tangibly relevant to people's lives. That's really exciting work. I'm excited to see where you go with that. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. And I, uh, I hope uh, it can have impact in any ways on, on, on psychiatry and uh, well the struggle for social justice in, in psychiatry. I hope my work can at least participate in this. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's so exciting. Well, congratulations again on the award, the award. And thank you so much for taking the time to talk with us. I wish you best of luck with the rest of your research. Thanks a lot. This podcast is a production of Hopkins Press. For more information, please visit press.com dot jhu dot edu.